what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. When I mention bondages of this nature, most of the time we sit there and we look at that and we apply it to the unsaved. That's the unsaved world out there. But let me tell you, it's a problem in Christianity too. neighbor and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the Gospel according to St. Luke. Continuing with our series on the sevenfold purpose of Christ for coming into the world, Luke chapter 4, picking it up. Verse 16 again today. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of them all that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And today, I want to take a look at that portion, Preaching Deliverance to the Captives. Preaching Deliverance to the Captives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you today for every person that is under the sound of my voice right now. Lord, things will be said here today. Lord, that only you can take it to the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that bondages will be revealed for what they are. May we see them today. Lord, may we recognize them Lord, anoint me to preach as you anoint your people to hear and receive of your word today. And we're careful to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. I remember as a little boy, one summer sitting in church. And at the end of the service, one of the deacons in the church announced that he would be starting a prison ministry and invited anyone there in the church that would like to go with him on a Tuesday night and participate in this was welcome to go. I guess I was somewhere around 13 or 14 years old and I wanted to go. And after talking with mom and daddy to some extent, 
They agreed to let me go, and he pulled up at the house that Tuesday night about 6 o'clock. I hopped in the car, and off we went over to the little prison in Nashville. And we got there about 6.30, got out of the car and made our way over to the guard house. Went inside and had to fill out some papers and sign in and whatever the case. And the guard then took us over to a center block building, just a little bit bigger than our fellowship hall out here. Had a little porch on the front of it and a screen door there with another solid door behind it. And I remember as we walked into this center block building, it was what they called the mess hall. And as soon as we opened up that door, the heat, they had just got through cooking supper, and all that heat was built up in there. And so we went in there and opened up the windows and opened up the doors, got some fans going, trying to cool it off in there. And they announced over the intercom that, we would be having service there that night. And we had two inmates to come in that night. Brother Pete Stone, he began the service. We sang a few worship choruses, no piano, just the four of us. And then he took his Bible and he opened up the Word of God and he began to preach deliverance to the captives. He preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Although there were only two inmates in that service that night, he preached as if though there were a hundred people there listening. And at the end of the service that night, he asked for prayer request. And in the silence of the moment, the springs on that screen door began to expand. We didn't know it, but there was an inmate sitting right outside the door. And we turned to look and see who it was. And it was this huge hulk of a man. He must have been six foot six. He filled that doorway. Huge man. And he walked into the room, and he was shaking. He said, Sir, I just got here yesterday. They caught me with possession of drugs. And I don't know anybody here. And I grabbed a seat here under the porch. And I've heard every word that you've had to say tonight. He said, I'm bound by drugs. Will you please pray for me? And Brother Pete Stone and those other men gathered around him and laid hands on him and prayed for him. He accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. And I remember sitting there, never had witnessed anything like that before in my life. And I sit there and watch that man as he raised both of his hands. As he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. 
And there was a glow about his countenance as the Spirit of God came into his heart and life and broke that bondage of drug addiction in his life. Only Jesus Christ can do that. He never missed a service. The three to four years that we were there. I remember one of the last services that we conducted there. It was right before they turned that prison into a maximum security prison. He stood to his feet one night and gave a word of testimony. And he said, I may be a prisoner of the state, but thank God I'm no longer a prisoner to those drugs. Praise God. I found out that a short time later he had served his sentence and was released back into society. And he's a preacher of the gospel now. Glory to God. Only Jesus Christ can do that. He said, I came to set the captive free. Captives. The word captive in the Greek literally means a prisoner of war. Dana, if you will, go to Ezekiel chapter 28. The whole human race is a prisoner of war. A war that started sometime in the eons of the past. When Lucifer, one of the most beautiful angels that God ever created. Ezekiel chapter 28. Let's pick it up with verse 12. And the Bible says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and the gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee, the day when thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. The Bible tells us, in Isaiah chapter 14, Dana, if you will go there, Isaiah chapter 14, how Lucifer led a rebellion against God. One third of the angels sided with him. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, if you will pull that up. Isaiah 14, verse 12, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cast down to the ground which disweakened the nations? 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like thee most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And Lucifer lost that battle. And when God created man, God made man so that he would have dominion over all of God's creation. And Satan knew this. And Satan started his second rebellion in that Garden of Eden when he tempted Adam and Eve. We all know the story how they partook of that forbidden tree and they sinned against God, inherited a sin nature. Sin is what gives Satan the legal right to hold man in captivity. Sin is what gives Satan the legal right to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Every single one of us are born with a sin nature. And as we grow older, we give in to that sin nature. And bondages develop over time. That's why we've got 20 million alcoholics in this nation today. That means that one out of every ten drivers that you meet going down the road is drunk in their car. People get addicted to so many different things. And when we think of captivity, when I mention bondages of this nature, most of the time we sit there and we look at that and we apply it to the unsaved. That's the unsaved world out there. But let me tell you, it's a problem in Christianity too. I wonder... How many Christians are drinking secretly? I wonder how many Christians are addicted to drugs, whether it be prescription pills or street drugs. How many? I heard just this week, that one out of every eight adults and teenagers are addicted to internet pornography. I'm not talking about somebody just looking at something. I'm talking about addicted. Going to it at least once a day, if not two or three times a day, daily, addicted. Chemicals are released in the brain when they see something and they're addicted to it. One out of every eight. How many of those are Christians? You mentioned a while ago a particular church trying to decide on what pastor they want to get. And the big issue is not so much over the pastor as it is whether that pastor is going to conduct a homosexual marriage in that church. Folks, the very idea that we're even discussing such a thing tells us that there is bondage there somewhere. How many 
Christians are struggling with homosexuality and lesbianism. Well, Brother James, I just don't understand how somebody can do those types of things and still think they're Christian. Well, let me help you out just a little bit. The same way that you sit here and judge them and think that you're saved. The same way that you go around and gossip about stuff and think that you're saved. The difference is they're struggling with their bondage. But you don't see anything wrong with pointing a finger and judging them let me tell you something. You're in more danger of hellfire than they are. Simply because they know that what they're doing is wrong. That's why they're sneaking around and hiding it. I'm talking about bondages in Christianity. Self-righteousness. Those who are self-righteous are more in danger of hell fire than the one that's struggling with homosexuality. Jesus said the same judgment you meet will be measured back to you. Those who point the finger and judge others are actually saying, I'm better than you. I don't do that. Oh, yeah, but you do something else. See? Bondages. The big thing on the news this morning was all that stuff going on in Charlottesville. Racism. We look at it and we say, oh, that's bad. All them unsaved people out there running around and taking their cars and running through crowds. But yet, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. Hello? How many Christians are bound by racism? How many Christians are bound by religion? They had it on the news just the other week, this big place up in Raleigh. I don't know how many millions of dollars was spent on this cathedral Beautiful building. I wonder how many people walk in those doors and they sit down and they go through all the motions of Christianity, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you listening by radio today. You're going to church. You stand up when they say stand up. You sit down when they say sit down. You go through all the motions. But yet your relationship with Christ is not as it ought to be. Let me tell you. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. How many go through the motions of Christianity, but they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ? They're bound by a religion. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They deny the power of the Holy Spirit to change them down on the inside and to set them free from that bondage. How many go to church Sunday after Sunday? They sit down in the pew. They contribute to the work of God. But yet they're bound by unforgiveness in their heart towards somebody else. Bondage. Let me tell you, I'd rather you walk in that door drunk, staggering all over the place, than to have you walk in here Sunday after Sunday and support the work of God and there be unforgiveness in your heart, ill will towards somebody else because somebody did you wrong. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, then the Heavenly Father will not forgive. You're bound by that unforgiveness. Well, it don't bother me. Well, why do you get so animated when it, somebody's name is mentioned? Somebody brings up something way back yonder and you start to get a little acclimated a little bit. You get animated a little bit. You still got a problem there. You've just buried it. You've not, you've not forgiven them. You've just figured out a way how to bury it and kind of cover it up with religious activity. How many? I'm here to tell you today, not only did Jesus Christ come to set the captives free, those that are out there in the world, but He also came for the Christian that is bound by particular things. Things that many times go unmentioned, they go unnoticed. But Jesus Christ can set you free today. No matter what that bondage may be, whether it be unforgiveness, whether it be racism, whether it be homosexuality, drug addiction, no matter what that bondage may be, Jesus Christ can set you free. Preaching deliverance to the captives, Jesus said. Now, why preaching? I get sick and tired of hearing people say, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. I told one the other day, I said the church is a spiritual hospital for those who are spiritually sick. 
Think about what I've just said. The church is a spiritual hospital. You're here today, hopefully, because you recognize your own weaknesses and failures in your life, and you realize that you need help in certain areas. That's why you're here. You're not here because you're perfect. But people think church folks are supposed to be perfect. No, it ain't. That's why preaching is so important. Preaching the gospel. The gospel sets men free. Preaching deliverance. The word deliverance means to unchain, to unshackle, to loose, to forgive, to pardon, to liberate. Only faith in the blood of Jesus Christ can set you free. The same blood that saves you is the same blood that sanctifies you and sets you free and keeps you free. Faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the truth is not original free will Baptist. Truth is not established in the faith. Truth is not a Pentecostal way or a Methodist way or any other way. Truth is in a person and His name is Jesus Christ. And that day when Jesus got through reading this passage of Scripture, He stood up and said, This day is this Scripture fulfilled in your ears glory to God what Jesus Christ did at Calvary is the only thing that can set you free preaching deliverance to the captives If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, 
Charleston, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.